0: welcome to another episode of breaking mayberry the show that used that just because we fucking can now welcome to steamboat willy
1: presents breaking mayberry proudly (laughs) sponsored by can we say mickey mouse can we only only
0: that version only the steamboat willy version of, of mickey mouse uh hey everyone editor marty here recording this after the fact Uh, I've just been informed by my wife that implying any connection or endorsement with the Disney company or the mouse is, like, the one thing you can still get in trouble for. So just in case any corporate lawyers are listening, just want to be perfectly clear, what Dan just said is obviously a joke. We are not in any way associated with or endorsed by the Disney Corporation, and Breaking Mayberry is certainly not sponsored by any version of Mickey Mouse. Okay, now back to the show.
1: Loudly sponsored by a version of Mickey Mouse, our best friend who is now going to be on the cover art of this
0: episode. Always. He'll be hit there. You know, we should actually just, just Photoshop the the, the Judge Dread helmet that normally we have Barney yeah. uh, Five wearing. So just put it on Steamboat Willie. But also he's <laughs> smoking weed. But also he's smoking weed. That's right.
1: That is that has been the primary use I've seen is like, all right, well, what shit? We got Steamboat Willie. We weren't prepared for this. Make him smoke a blunt.
0: It's 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 always smoking a blunt or it's or it's a slasher movie. Right. Hmm. It was just like that bullshit Winnie the Pooh movie. Like as soon as it, it was just like, here's a black and white Mickey Mouse that kills people. That's also a video game. It's yeah. whatever. You know.
1: Oh, yeah. They Which immediately a, launched a first person Mickey Mouse shooter.
0: I mean, yeah, it's it's boring, but like, sure, whatever. Good for you. We can do yeah. it. Uh, public domain. Uh, American copyright system is so fucked. But like, it's kind of a big deal, this one in particular, Mickey Mouse, because so many extensions to copyright law have happened to keep the mouse from out of the public domain. But now it's only Steamboat Willie, the version that mostly just abuses animals. Yes. That one specific one. The,
1: the <laughs> sicko Mickey. That's the Psychobic.
0: that's the guy. That's our dude. Uh what's up? I'm one of your hosts, I'm Marty Schneider.
1: Other host, Dan Ludwig. What's up?
0: Uh we took a little bit of time off for the holidays. Um sometimes, Dan, things happen to you that you don't know whether to tell people or not. Mm-hmm. Um th- for me, this this line happens on a scale of like, how embarrassing is this to admit I don't want anyone to hear it, versus how fucking hilarious is this? and should i tell everybody you no. uh, i had one of these happen to me while we were off uh for uh our, our holiday vacation i was at my uh office christmas party um my office holiday oh, party what did you do oh man yes oh buddy uh Ooh, cracking my knuckles office holiday parties um are in in my company they they're very weird I've gone to a lot of Midwestern weddings, and there's a lot a big Midwestern energy. Midwestern energy off of this. The food is okay. Uh, the music, like nothing more recent uh or like edgier than Bruno Mars's like Uptown Funk ever gets played. Uptown Funk is absolutely the most recent song to to get played. And then you have to spend a bunch of time talking to people that otherwise you've just you know they're so weird office Christmas parties because nobody Mm. wants to talk about work, but what the fuck else do you have to talk to these people about?
1: I mean, you see the thing in like old movies and TV shows and it's like the office Christmas party where everything gets nuts and like people hook up in the supply closet and the boss is drunk and it's a real wild time. And I've never been to one that isn't just like, I cannot have more than two beers. I cannot risk even looking a little drunk. My director is here. I have to be fucking careful. I am yeah, it's ridiculous. measuring
0: all of my words. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, I don't remember what prompted this, but after a couple of drinks, my boss and I were talking about attempting to be cool. Like 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 corporate messaging that sounds so annoying and out of place you know the the how do you do fellow kids kind of messaging and uh one thing i'll say about my boss he commits to bits man when he he goes gets going to the dude the dude knows a bit uh so we were like riffing on this for a while like saying that some not our messaging but some brand messaging had real like youth pastor energy uh and he was you know putting his his arms back and going yeah yeah let's rap let's rap about our brand synergy and i attempted to one-up him a little bit riffing off of his and i attempted to spin a chair uh backwards i want i want to i want you to know i wore my my wedding suit to this because it said to like dress in your best So I wore, you saw my wedding suit. It's fucking sick. It's, it's Mm -hmm. custom made to me. It's this wonderful, like, it's this wonderful blue color. Everyone's commenting on how fucking dope I look. Right. And everybody, for the first time, I'm like, yeah, all right. I'm respected by my peers. Everybody's like really up on my, on me right now. People are congratulating me for the work I've done. People are saying that I look cool as hell. Like I look, this is great. Anyway. Keep that in mind as I flip the chair backwards and attempt to sit in it backwards, but it is not really a regular chair. It's kind of an outside patio chair. So I have to stretch a little bit further than one normally would. And then you hear a good old. Yes. (laughs) And I am staring like right into the eyes of the HR manager who flew in from Columbia from South America, you know, our South American HR manager and I'm just looking right at her. And I just go, "All right." And I don't know if she knew that something bad had happened or not, but I just slipped over, sat back down and pr- promptly tried to figure out the f- fastest exit routes that I could do with my waist jacket tied around. It is just ass to taint, dude. It is all the way. It is all the is, way. Split all the way down. And like we were all getting ready cuz cuz in, in in my office like HR actually leaves like we leave early and we do an after party at like Buffalo Billiards or Tattooed Mom or somewhere else like HR gets out of the way so that everyone can have the wild Christmas party. And so my boss is like, hey, you come to the after party? And I'm like, nope. No, sir. No, I'm not. Wait, and you- I don't know if I want to tell you we're not. Who, who was aware that this has happened did
1: you manage to get through this without I anybody
0: managed to sneak out it I was like because I was already outside so I'm like I'm just gonna dial an uber but then I was stuck in that in that position where I'm like I am gonna tell I'm gonna tell these two co-workers because it's fucking funny because I'm just like this is horrible this is embarrassing it's also so goddamn funny I can't get over it
1: what <laughs> let this be a lesson to everybody not even as a bit should you try the sit around on a chair backwards thing, okay? It never goes well. Something will happen to you. You will rip your pants like a dipshit. You was my wedding suit. So you will rip your wedding suit. Wedding suit, Daniel yes like oh what's the story on this giant stitching on uh on marty's crotch on the suit that commemorates the happiest day of his life well he committed to the bit as he does and received the proper consequences
0: i told one co-worker uh that i get along with pretty well and she is The one of the the youngest member of the team, and she was like, "What? You ripped them? Let me see." And I was like, "No, you. I'm not gonna show you the rip because that's sexual harassment." Like, (laughs) question, question. Wait. So you were doing this bit with your boss when
1: it happened? Is your boss one of the people that knows that this happened to you? Yes. Okay. Good. Because my concern was if he was not one of those people, what it would look like is you tried to sit down in a weird way. There was a noise. Your eyes went wide and then you tied a waistcoat and ran out of the room. So my assumption <laughs> yeah, yeah, would really yeah, yeah. be, sure, hey, Marty, shit, Marty himself. shit
0: himself. Sure,
1: sure, I sure. I mean, honestly, so if I... I was looking at that. My first thing would not be unless I saw your pants rip. My first thing would be not be Marty ripped his pants. My thing would be, hey, Marty shit his pants.
0: Right. And that's why I'm glad that I notified my boss at that, you know, at that table, what the deal was, because that's the only other possible conclusion.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah. Uh, so when something happens to you that is humiliating, but also hilarious, you put it into your podcast. You know what else people do on for podcasts? They give us ratings. They give us ratings and reviews. When they're the uh, good ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've got a we got a new rating here, a new review from Sweeney Bob. Uh, who uh, about a month ago did this. uh, And I'm giving Sweeney Bob lots of credit here because they write, I spent over an hour navigating through Apple's awful ID creation system just so I could leave a review for this podcast. It's that good. You don't need to have ever watched an episode of The Andy Griffith Show to enjoy this podcast. In fact, never having watched the show myself made this podcast even better. So like I told you before, Dan, it's not that funny of a review, but I just wanted to give credit to this person for navigating Apple's awful fucking UI. Like, just for us. Like, it's, it's, listen, listen, whoever left that review, Sweeney Bob, let me tell you, uh, it's even worse on our end. Like, it's even worse on the podcaster end to navigate. Apple, get your shit together.
1: I just not outside of the context of uh, uh, my gratefulness to you for giving us a review. uh, Navigating Apple's UI on a regular basis really should qualify you for some sort of award. Like you should get to board airplanes early if you have to do that. Uh, So thank (laughs) you for your service person
0: that (laughs) people who brave Apple's UI are braver than the troops.
1: Yes we are saying that yes absolutely
0: We are saying that and Steamboat Willie version of Mickey Mouse endorses it wholeheartedly
1: Oh yeah which sh- shit Steamboat Willie is nodding aggressively if anything, he agrees too and
0: hard the, the, the troops are absolute pussies when yeah. compared to people who navigate the UI of Apple that, that music meant that, that that Mickey was on our side.
1: Steamboat Willie. Oh, my God. If any, he says you could have just cut off after the word pussies. Wow. Jesus. Oh, man, he he is going to be our guy that takes bits too far and we have to apologize for. We're going to have to, like, do one of those, like, statements where we do a screenshot of the notes app and just be like Steamboat Willie apologizes for the words he said on today's episode. He's going to take some time away from the podcast.
0: I'm so happy I have this button here. Like, I'll just play it every single every single time that we say something too offensive. I'm just going to hit that button. And remember, Steve- Mickey Mouse supports it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. I think that's good to uh, move on to our episodes today. Uh, we are going to do probably two episodes. Uh, season 5, episodes 24 and 25. And I believe we said that we are going to start with uh, episode 25. Correct, Dan? Uh, yes punch in the nose
1: yeah okay we, we start with the more interesting one which i think you were kind of you you were a little more ambivalent on i, I could have gone know. either
0: way but you you made a strong uh, argument for this so let's do season five episode 25 the case of the punch in the nose i mean you by... hear
1: that title how can you not say that that's the we've gotten one.
0: burned by titles before that is uh, fair written by bill idelson and sam bobrick Uh, Originally uh, directed by Kobe Ruskin, originally airs March 15th, 1965. Here is your two-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Barney discovers a file of an old forgotten assault case between Floyd and grocer Charles Foley that was never resolved. Barney reopens the case, and his insistence on following through with the case causes old feelings to flare up as Mayberry divides into rival camps. Yes. So, yeah, so this is what ha- what happens essentially is uh this is Barney Fife Cold Case Files. It is Barney Fife Cold
1: Case Files and it is also in my view sort Barney Fife Prince of Darkness, the John <laughs> John Carpenter movie. Like it is it is Barney Fife as a I I would say in my mind graduating to a another level of human evil which I I think I'm going to wait a little bit to talk about. Like, Marty, I kind of gave you the heads up before earlier today of I want you to meditate on the concept of evil before we do this episode today. Yeah,
0: I'm I'm just doing my job today uh, Mm -hmm. with, you know, fully intact pants. And I just get a message from Dan that says, you ever think about evil?
1: Yeah, just from watching this a second time, just being like, I think, I think today is the day to, to really contemplate the concept of human evil.
0: So we open up on Andy and Barney in the courthouse, and they are humming together for a very long time. In fact, I would say the first two minutes of this are just two guys humming and then graduate to singing when one guy reminds them of what the lyrics are. Yeah, Uh, And they are going through old courthouse files. uh, They're going through old things to put stuff into storage, which is pretty standard for government stuff. You hold on to it for seven years and then you basement it or shred it or whatever. Uh, So they're going through boxes of old files. There's a little bit where Andy discovers the first time that Otis was arrested for being drunk in public, uh, which is in 1946.
1: Horrifying. Uh, really, especially like how we've kind of charted our belief that Otis is homeless now, but they, they pull up an old case file and, uh, and he's like, oh, check it out. Otis drunk in public at a flower show. And Barney's like, what's the big deal? I've seen hundreds of those. And he's like, first offense. And then they have like a good chuckle and Barney goes like, oh yeah, he probably passed out in somebody's azaleas. A- and then they're like,
0: <laughs> uh, beginning it's of an been era. 20 years. <laughs>
1: yeah he's been doing this
0: for 20 years
1: before either of them were like authority figures really basically as long as they can remember otis has been a sad drunk
0: yeah so they've they also stumbled across something else that happened 20 years prior so i just want to be clear here the the incident that happened that sparked all of this uh that uh barney's upset about this Happened around the same time uh, as the as Otis's first offense for being drunk in public. Yeah, he finds a cold case file uh, that has never resolved of an assault case between Floyd and the other barber, or I'm sorry, the other grocer, uh, Charles Foley, uh, played by uh, character actor Frank Ferguson. Um, He's been on here a a couple of times you've seen him. If you watched TV in the 60s, you saw him. He had hundreds of credits. Once Barney sees this, he sees that there was an assault case, but he doesn't know who assaulted whom. He doesn't know how it ended. He didn't know. No, it's just knows that a case was opened and then never closed. And this drives him nuts.
1: Yes. So this is the thing. I first thing I want to like really point out is Barney Fife is sort of a man possessed through this entire thing but really towards no ends whatsoever. It is it is not the urge to like seek out justice. Or he doesn't say that. He doesn't want to get any sort of resolution. He does not want to gain anything personally. It is a completely irrational desire to pick at a scab, somebody else's scab until it starts to bleed. He is trying to rationalize around the need to do this, to come up with explanations. Well, it's ju- it, the thing he really says is like, it's procedure. It's good housekeeping. It's keeping everything organized. The document needs to be closed out. There needs to be a, a, a final like reconciliation of it to which Andy just keeps saying, like, leave it alone. Doesn't need to be resolved. Everything is fine. The two guys are like best friends now. So whatever happened clearly isn't that big of a deal. And Barney will not let this go. He is a man possessed, as it were.
0: All right. Hey, I'm going to disagree with you on this a little bit here. I actually sort of take Barney's side on this. I do. I do. You're raising your eyebrows, but I do. And the, the reason for this is because we've seen multiple times that Andy doesn't document fucking anything Andy is against the idea of any sort of paper trail for anything whatsoever so it's Barney who's just like we should put a fucking note a post-it note here there needs to be a fucking resolution so that we know that this thing is is at least wrapped up um and very least of which is just like statute of limitations I was just looking it up in North Carolina, there is no statute of limitations for, quote, malicious misdemeanors uh, per the North Carolina guidelines. Um, so I believe that this would fall under the category of a malicious misdemeanor. I mean, it's not gonna be felony assault. So I think that he was within his rights to do so. And again, so yes, you are right. Practicality wise. Sure. We should well, leave this alone. It's not bothering anybody. But you in the also- context of what we have seen from Andy's policing, absolutely. Someone's got to be fucking like signing the fucking papers. Someone's got to say this is over.
1: Yeah. Okay. Two, yes. And I, I, on on that initial basis, I do agree. And I think you, you can make the argument that is what Barney wants to do initially. It's just dot the I's, find out what's going on. That falls apart pretty fucking quickly. I think it, it becomes rapidly apparent. Charges were not pressed. The case was dropped. They they reached a, reached a peaceful uh, solution. And just nobody filled out the paperwork. Like it wasn't like, basically, that is what it said at the end is. The previous sheriff, sheriff negotiated no charges being pressed by either party.
0: they um, write that down. That's, yeah, all, that that's, fin- that's all Barney needs to. That's all you need to do. That's all yes. the previous sheriff needed to do. Sheriff Poindexter was just write that down. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. So he, he should have written it down. They get
1: over to the other um, two Floyds. Barney is like, I am going over to Floyds. Andy is like, leave it alone. I don't think this is a good idea. You'll fuck shit up. Um, and it goes over just on the basis of he needs a haircut. So they get, they get over there. Floyd, all he wants to talk about is the fact that two, a guy and a girl are getting married and there is something in his sidewalk where the boy, as a child, he scraped like Billy hates Samantha. And he's like, Oh, and now they're getting
0: married, which is, which I gotta tell you, man, show me the fucking sidewalk. It's like, I I was just amazed at just how poor the storytelling is. A lot of times in Andy Griffith's show, you just get a guy describing something kind of funny. And they just keep describing the thing that's kind of funny and never showing you the thing that's kind of funny in hopes that that description gets funnier. And it never, ever does. It's not even, like,
1: funny, though. As a concept, it's kind of cute. It's like... It's, it's like I something would, my grandma I, I would, definitely, would
0: text me. Yeah, I would definitely give that a like on Instagram as I scrolled through. Like, ah, uh, chi-
1: uh, childhood enemies
0: are now getting married. Like,
1: I would give that a courtesy thumbs up or whatever it was on Facebook when my aunt posts it. Of like Sure. Yeah. Sure.
0: Like that, it would be, mean, that would be, like, that'd be a real wholesome meme. Anyway, this is all Floyd wants to talk about.
1: Yes. And Barney interrogates him, Floyd doesn't really have any interest in talking about it. So Barney storms over to uh, to Foley's grocery. Foley also is like oh, Foley tells him what happened and is basically like it's no big deal. I forgot it even happened. It's actually like a really funny story and says I was new in town. Floyd was just starting out his barbershop. I uh, fell asleep in the chair when I was getting a haircut because I uh, always fall asleep during haircuts, which how how could that possibly be true? That is the tensest I ever am.
0: Yeah, there's what
1: there's scissors and I have ears like what the fuck are you talking about falling asleep? I I'm never more alert than when I'm getting the quickest haircut. But he says basically Floyd shaved him while he was asleep, which again, what? (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's such a funny sentence. That is That's it's, such a funny sentence to say. Floyd shaved him while he
1: was asleep. <laughs> which he he wakes up and and he they argue over the cost. But really what it really should have been is like, "Hey man, you could have fucking killed me. Like, we only had straight razors back then. You like, one if I snore, you slip my throat and I bleed out on your floor. <laughs> Are you out of your goddamn mind?" Also, how did you do that? That's actually kind of impressive that you can shave a man without waking him up. That as that's some it's Sweeney so Todd shit.
0: Gentle. It's so yeah. gentle. Um, <laughs> so he gave him a gave him a shave that he may or may not have asked for. So he yeah. charges him for the shave, which is like according to the pricing sheet, like an extra 75 cents or something. Uh I spent a lot of time for some reason looking at the prices behind that uh, are posted behind Floyd. Um so he's he was charged for an extra shave that he didn't want to pay for, and they had an argument. And Foley claims that Floyd punched him right in the nose, but he says Floyd's a little bitch. So it was more like a little boop. He says yeah. it was more like a little boop, like oh, it was like a kitten. It was so cute.
1: Was like, can you imagine Floyd actually punching someone? it just he just gave me a little boop, like like a basically Ernie and Bert.
0: Yeah. Except, like, this is proven almost immediately false now that I think about it, no, right? because,
1: okay, no, because he says it wasn't a real punch, and also, I guess I had it coming because I called him a crook, um, but we, ad- we agreed to drop the whole thing. So, he has his reason why it happened, like, no charge, basically, confirmation of what happened. Crime was reported, no charges were pressed, amicable resolution.
0: You're saying that this is when Barney should've stopped.
1: This is bing bang boom, all set, it's handled, it's done. Barney then whips the guy into a fucking lather by saying uh by by saying like but he punched you. He punched you, right? He punched you. He was the one that punched you. And you were wronged. He shaved you in your sleep and gets the guy kinda pissed off. And is like like and, and he like he the guy is like they kind of punched me. He's like, no, but you were
0: punched. And he was like, I don't think he does that. He's, he's just he confirming. Does. I'm, I'm giving Barney the, the benefit of the doubt. Cause then he, what he does is he goes over to Floyd's and he's like, okay, I've got, cause he's about to stop. He says, I'm about, Oh, okay. Wait a second. All right. I see where you're going with this. Cause and he then- goes to Floyd's, he goes to Floyd's and he's a, and he says, well, I got everything I need now. Uh, I've got a full testimony here. Oh, uh, from this guy who says that you punched him. Isn't that right, Floyd? You punched him. Okay, okay. I see what you're going with here. I see, I see your thing.
1: Yes. Why did he need to go tell Floyd? Like, he asked Floyd. Floyd didn't really give him an answer. He Foley. asked Foley. Foley basically said it's no big deal. He got fully good and pissed off, uh, which did not happen independently. And then he basically just went over to Floyd to be like, hey, Foley called you a crook piece of shit with a wimpy punch, to, which gets Floyd pissed off because he doesn't just dredge up the fact that he punched him. He, dredge, he, he says like, well, Foley says that you ripped him off um, to which Floyd says, I no, he's a cheapskate.
0: I don't think Foley's mad in this scene. I don't think Foley gets mad until the very next scene, because now that once he gets a contradicting testimony from Floyd, Floyd saying, of course he punched me, Barney can't let this go. He's got, he's got to make this make sense. He only has one other witness to the situation. Uh, And that's Goober, who, of course, it's Goober because there's nobody else in this fucking town, who was five years old at the time, which, may I remind you, makes Goober canonically 24 years old.
1: (laughs) He's got what they (laughs) refer to as city miles on him. Time has not been kind to this motherfucker.
0: He is canonically 24. What the fuck? (laughs) Just
1: with a face like fucking edward james almost yeah yeah I'm, I'm a youthful 25 i just got out of college oh boy i hope i don't get drafted i t- tries to do like the little heel click and just breaks every bone in
0: his hip dude's fucking fucking laugh lines are canyons i Jesus know right okay Well, again, Uh,
1: they had to you from the day you were born back then, you had to walk through just like curtains and curtains of cigarette smoke. So everybody's skin was
0: probably dog shit. George Lindsay was actually 36 years old, Uh, but that's a hard looking 36. Yeah, man. He looks 50. He looks so old. Barney arranges the entire crew. He arranges Foley and Floyd and Goober. Uh, back to the barbershop to recreate the situation as if that's going to do anything. No,
1: he is trying to prove something that does not need to be proven. This was a fully resolved case. And now they are, these men are essentially debating a closed case, which I'm I'm assuming the statute of limitations has run out on. Like I just
0: said in North Carolina, if this counts as a malicious misdemeanor, there is no statute.
1: Okay. But, yeah, so he has fully dredged this situation up. Um Andy pulls him aside. The two guys start arguing about what happened, Who punched who if uh, if uh, oh shit, I keep forgetting Foley. His, Foley. If Foley agreed to the shave before falling asleep. Um and while Andy is, and Barney are arguing and Gomer is Goober is looking at a comic book, Foley claims that Floyd punched him in the nose.
0: Yeah, um, to be clear, Goober's looking at a comic book because that is what five-year-old Goober was doing on that day.
1: Yes, <laughs> um, and Barry quick, May-
0: quick note. Goober is five-year-old Goober is the only witness, meaning Goober's father or parental figure was not there. They just left five-year-old Goober at the at the um, barbershop.
1: Conclusion: We could have drawn. Really, we should
0: have figured that. We should have the- figured that Uh, real
1: boys were left to their own devices frequently often i'm assuming in parking lots (laughs)
0: uh so you just
1: dump them in the woods and hope they don't torture a cat or something
0: so there is a conversation where uh andy is losing his shit he is yelling at barney he's like i straight up he's i don't care i don't care about any of this yeah like a blood vessel is bursting in his brain it is he is unbelievably pissed off because he is like i told you repeatedly
1: to drop this and this is accomplishing nothing you are only making this and something really bad is about to happen and at that point the punch happens
0: um we don't see the punch on screen there are many punches in this show in this episode none of which are on screen because that would have required us to teach actors how to pull punches yeah (laughs)
1: As we all know, stage fighting wasn't invented until 1976 uh, by Jonathan Stage Fight, (laughs) a man who got that name and was like, I'm going to turn this into something.
0: Uh, So, but there, I mean, something's heard and then uh, uh, Foley's sitting there holding his nose going, ah, he punched me. He punched me in the nose. Ah, he punched me right in the nose, which I think does I mean, let's assume that, like, Floyd did get stronger over 20 years, but I think that does contradict his original testimony of Floyd can't punch anyone. It was like a little boop. Well, guess what, bitch? Yeah. Floyd apparently grew up. Floyd,
1: apparently that stroke only made him more powerful. He's like a weird, shitty version of the Hulk where the more strokes he has, the stronger (laughs) he gets. Jesus
0: Christ. (laughs) (laughs) So, so now he's if
1: been punched. In- gets stronger the more he gets dementia.
0: Don't get me confused. You wouldn't like me when I'm could f- trailing <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, Don't get
1: me hoarding pennies. You wouldn't like me when I'm hoarding pennies.
0: So that's that's the capper, and then this spreads like wildfire. All right. So uh, Floyd punches Foley in the nose, and they run off. Um, yes. Now apparently there were no witnesses since Barney and Andy were yelling at each other and Goober was reading a comic book. But I got to say guys like I think I think you all fucking understand the concept of witness whatever. So yeah. Foley Foley's mad that the, that no one is saying they saw anything. Uh which is only technically correct. Right? Which So and
1: and, and at this point to Somewhat illustrate a point. Uh, Foley then punches Goober in the nose and storms out. And Goober is like, "I want him arrested. I want to press charges. He
0: just punched me
1: in the nose." Goober um, doesn't
0: do that. Goober doesn't want pro- charges. Yeah, pressed.
1: yeah. He says, "Like I want him. Like I want him arrested. He just punched me in the nose." Okay. Um, while Barney uh, just that, kind of that,
0: like is running around in circles. That happens at the courthouse in the next scene. So yeah, yeah Fo- Foley screaming at everybody because they're not like being witnesses uh and then goober says you know i didn't see anything i was reading a comic book like barney told me to do uh and then again when andy and barney's backs are turned like they're fucking referees at a wrestling match uh foley just punches goober in the nose and we don't see this happen but we do like you hear a noise and you see a guy's nose bleeding like i think you can uh, uh, Foley's what Foley's there.
1: manager comes into the ring and holds Goober's arms back so Foley can punch him.
0: <laughs> so uh, so Yeah, and then and then Barney and 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 uh Andy are dealing with this. Okay, so 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 far, Floyd has punched Goober. No, I'm sorry. Floyd no. has punched Foley. Foley's punched Goober. That's where we are right now. At uh,
1: this point, they get the phone call that Uh, Or no, they go over to Floyd's and Floyd now has a bandage on his nose because Otis came by and because him and Foley are somewhat related.
0: You are you are you are jumping on. You're jumping ahead. Okay. here's 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 the complete list of 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 punches. Uh, Goober hits Gilly Walker, the 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 guy who drives his car too shitty. Otis, who is Foley's cousin, punches Floyd. Floyd's cousin Lamar punches Otis and then Opie gets into a fight with Foley's nephew, who is Opie's best friend, Johnny Paul Jason.
1: And then somebody punches Betty Ann.
0: Yeah, uh, you get a phone call it's like, from a woman named Betty Ann. So the joke here is a woman also got hit. Yeah, that's it. That's the joke. That's the joke. <laughs> There's an actual laugh track. But so it is it is spreading like
1: mass hysteria basically like all of those cases in because it's always a guy just walks up punches you in the nose and walks away it's not like we fought it's like just boop
0: um, I think the, the only ones who have had actual fights are the children.
1: Yes, because <laughs> they don't understand. But it's like um, it's it, so it's it's not just like that people are getting angry and violent. It's like how in like medieval times or like or, or like colonial times, they would be like this entire town started compulsively dancing, even though
0: we told them
1: not to or like uh
0: it's it's also very weird to me it's kind of the same way they treat bullets like being shot is not a big deal right because you you want to show that this is a huge deal and people are like going crazy all over town but you can't show any like real violence the most we see is that floyd has a little band-aid on his nose nobody's nose gets broken nobody bleeds right Everyone just goes ow 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 like like they ran like they people, bumped into a doorknob basically.
1: People are like, "Oh, I think it might be broken, but n- nobody has like any swelling or whatever." Nothing
0: nothing happened, right? So it's very weird that they pretend how big the of deal is is. So uh, apparently everybody's either everyone's fists are made of cotton yeah, uh, again, or everyone's nose is, noses are made of cellophane. I don't
1: I mean, look at the people that are involved in this. None of them, I would call peak physical specimens. That's true. We are,
0: we are talking about like like old old men with multiple strokes, uh, the <laughs> town who- drunk, and children, literal children.
1: Yes, Gilly Walker is the most like involved. The probably the most in shape person involved in this, and he only gets punched, and he's just kind of pissed off. Yeah, he's, he's not even. <laughs>
0: He's mostly just surprised and confused. Like, yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's not like a part of it. He's not like, I don't even know what's going on. But Goober punched me in the face, which I kind of feel like is just Goober wanted to punch him in the face. <laughs>
0: Goober's for... been wanting to punch that guy for a while. But and you he know was what? Like, he's had it fucking coming.
1: Yeah, that guy's annoying and loud. Uh, I'm on Goober's side. <laughs> yeah. So there is a punch epidemic. And this is the point literally a punch epidemic it is, so epidemic. It is like it is it like is an a- epidemic of violence in the dumbest way yeah but, but just again just one punch not even like people are beating the shit out of each other in the streets. it's just like you go you knock on a guy's door you bop him in the nose presumably not well with all of your physical strength but you're in mayberry so you're an old old man that hasn't worked out since the 30s um so it doesn't do any damage. And then you leave. Um, so th- yes, you have this viral mass hysteria that is spreading. And it all originates from a thing Barney did. And Andy flips the fuck out. And is just basically like, this is getting solved. And you are going to fix it. And Barney goes like, this isn't our fault. How could this be our fault? And, and Andy goes, it's not our fault. It's your fault. I, I told you. Like to not do this, and then you did it, and now the town is going to rip itself to shred, Andy says like there is going to be a war, like the town is divided down into factions, everybody knows about this, everybody gives a shit,
0: and i uh, i- I'll, I'll tell you, Andy, it's a real shame about that war, but uh, the blood god will be pleased yeah <laughs> i I came here to do the to do the bidding of the blood god and to sacrifice uh souls for him, so uh that's that's just what i'm gonna do more blood for the blood god andy more blood for the blood god okay let's fucking talk about it so i i, I, I you, you've sold me man you've sold me okay <laughs> Let, let's let's hear the fuck let's hear the, the idea here okay so it is
1: it is it is an early establishment in our mythology barney fife is our interpretation of american fascism we think he's the real face fascism is not in america is not a you know a nazi with sharp cheekbones uh who is like a conniving sociopath it's an asshole uh with a modicum of power using that to make your life harder just because they can it's a a stupid dipshit uh, who inexplicably has authority over you um and so we have said like yeah we've charted this Barney oh, yeah, is with you so far. Barney is leaving soon, so I've been kind of contemplating this, especially because we've kind of backburnered our interpretation of the character for a while, just because we had other shit going on in the he show. He hasn't done much in a while. He hasn't done much, and this is the point where I'm kind of like, I I had the thing of like we've called Barney the devil loosely, ha- just out of anger a couple of times. So I'm kind of like, is Barney in the the devil of this show. Is he the devil? The The things that like stuck with me in this episode were where traits of Lucifer are the serpent temptation, how he kind of like goaded Foley into this like frothing rage. That that initial thing where the guy was initially laughing it off and Barney kind of drew this rage out of him. Fuck, I'm going to get into it. Fallen Angel lucifer barney is kind of a failed uh figure of order and authority he is a shitty cop that basically holds up to no scrutiny he's a failed soldier uh who has sort of become this agent of chaos in his community i so i i got into this hole and i was looking up like the concept of evil and the thing that struck out at me is like what Barney does is like almost supernatural evil in this show. He creates viral madness that possesses this town and he does it really for Barney always has like some sort of game to what he decides to do. He always has like a delusion that he's feeding into or a lady he wants to fuck and that causes him to do something horrible. And this is the one where his motives were the most inscrutable and So there was a thing in the analysis of David Lynch uh, movies that David Lynch treats evil as an other as an entity outside of humanity, that it is a force that uh, that flows through us, but it is its own separate thing. And that's like that's what sort of animates a lot of his portrayals of small town America is you have this sort of like Eden state that a that evil will flow through it given intersections and the the sense i got from watching this is like evil is just flowing through barney in this thing it is compelling him to do something horrible uh and cause all this carnage and he doesn't even understand why he's doing it that got me thinking on it of there there's like this long back and forth of what evil is between like philosophy and theology of is evil just the absence of good or is it its own thing in itself? Is it its own like force concept that can exist completely in a vacuum away from good? I think it's sort of like, this is sort of a situation of yeah, and it's in this motherfucker. I think so. A psychologist that cited calls evil, a kind of militant ignorance. An evil person is consistently self deceiving, deceives others psychologically projects his or her evil onto specific targets, abuses power, and lies insistently. They are constantly attempting to escape or hide their own conscience. Basically, evil is a form of like, is the result of constant self-deception. Sound like anybody. I think Barney Fife is the fucking devil. I think he's like the most realistic portrayal of human evil that we're actually going to see.
0: So how's quitting smoking going, bud? It's not going
1: great, Marty. It's not going great. <laughs> it's going pretty bad, Marty.
0: Okay, but- so so okay. So your our theory at this point is that like our our theory, your theory at this point is that Barty Fife is uh like possessed by Beelzebub himself. Kind of,
1: it kind of feels like that in this episode is like Barney is, is, is possessed by evil as like a, an almost otherworldly entity because his power, like what he does is almost supernatural here. And he doesn't seem to understand why he's doing it.
0: That David Lynch part, the part about David Lynch and Eden, you know, I think that really rings through because, uh, I think especially in the early, early seasons, mayberry would be eden mayberry yeah. would be a a utopia a land of perfection uh for for white people uh, uh but it would you know it would be be a land of perfection if not for barney fife like so many of those early episodes revolve around just like everything is fine and then barney barney's right something something he that is, occur- the, I, I we're not gonna do a mathematical breakdown but you know the majority of issues in the town stem from him from something that he has done so yes maybe you know if the idea is that every eden needs to be disgraced like sure maybe he was put there by supernatural means to uh disrupt the peace he is a, he is a disruptor or wait, wait. or maybe shitty small town cops have tiny peckers and huge egos like i (laughs) oh yeah no no like in terms
1: of like the the supernatural interpretation that's just something that kind of like struck me on this specific occasion but it was kind of like in terms of barney being the source of all evil in this town like imagine what andy's life would be like if barney got hit by a bus on the way back from uh the military
0: base he was stationed in I think Andy imagines that all the time.
1: Yeah, like, but just like all the things that all, really, like, all the times that this town has been well and truly fucked have been the result of Barney Fife and his actions. It has I mean, been, I'm sure, stupid and shitty without him, plenty of times. But like, there, the like the the big one is remember that time he got a motorcycle and he got a he was a reign of terror, like. It's kind of like he—he he just is just the suffering of the town. He is like the origin point of everything bad that He happen. is the
0: point of all of. It. Okay, um, I'm gonna tell you something, Dan, from the ultra reliable Mayberry wiki here. Uh, a couple of things. First, I want to uh, say that even in the Mayberry wiki, like two people are have been discussing like how Barney should have been fired. Uh, by this point and one also says oh sniff escape we've seen sniff escape before uh i'm not sure how their friendship could have survived barney runs for sheriff where barney brought up 76 counts of malfeasance for andy in front of the whole town uh aunt b called him a rabble rouser i doubt she'd be offering barney apple crumb pie anytime soon if so that i'm sure with a side of arsenic so sniff escape here on the ultra reliable mayberry wiki is like we should kill him Kind of. Okay, we should kill him. Now I want you to to know um, something else about the music in this. Remember I said at the beginning how they were humming and singing a hymn at the very beginning? Um, Mm -hmm. And Andy refers to this song as Sinners Lose All Their Guilty Stains. That is not the name of the song. Uh, The song, according to the Ultra Reliable Mayberry Wiki, the song that Andy and Barney sing at the opening of this episode is a hymn called Praise for the Fountain Opened, also known as There is a Fountain Filled with Blood.
1: I'm going to lose my fucking mind. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
0: Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and read you the entirety of the Wikipedia article uh, on There is a Fountain Film with Blood. Uh, Praise for the Fountain Opened, commonly known by its first line, There is a Fountain Filled with Blood is a hymn written by William Cowper. It was one of the first hymns he wrote after his first major bout of depression. No fucking shit! (laughs) Various compilers have altered the third line of the second stanza, and there have I, substituting would or may for have. That is it. That is the entire Wikipedia entry for this hymn. There is a fountain filled with blood.
1: Bro. The fuck it feels like um, you know how like in a movie somebody will be like, like possessed by the devil or having a psychotic break and in the background a bunch of fucked up shit is happening on a TV that nobody else notices like yeah, yeah. they're watching a sitcom and the dad is like you're all gonna die it feels like watching that sometimes <laughs> <laughs> fucking A yeah like Okay, so the song is called Found Full of Blood. But yes, I I mean, there must have been basement meetings like where somebody, they've just been like, temperature check. I know it's been a couple of months. How are we feeling on offing Barney?
0: Like, do you have any? I'm sure there have been so many times when they're out in the woods and Andy's just like, you know, I can make it look like an accident so easy. The man mishandles his own gun so many times. I could just say he just, you know, he was playing with it and it went off and shot him right in the head. I I could just say that it would we, be so easy. He, he does it all the time. No one would. He thinks about it so much. He thinks about it all the time.
1: I mean, good dude, like Gilly and like a bunch of random people that we've never seen. The fucking what John masters, the choir director has definitely been in like a basement meeting where they have to do a secret knock. And it's like, I'm starting to think Andy's not going to fucking kill him. Like you keep (laughs) saying that Andy's going to kill him like any day now. And it's starting to feel like maybe he's not. And maybe we should just do it. Like it would be so easy. And they're like any day now, any day now, Andy is going to shoot him in the face. Like they so many conversations have happened about like. Like, like how easy it would be to end him.
0: You want to wrap this 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 episode up or this one up? Uh, so uh, we've gone through a whole. Everyone's fighting everyone. Um, Aunt B gets a moment in here where she just kind of says everything is shameful. Dan, tell us. I'm I'm seeing where you're going with this. Recap the conversation between Aunt B and and Andy.
1: So there, Andy and Aunt B are talking about. Everybody punching each other. Ampy asks, "What happened to this town anyway?" And Andy says, "Barney." And Barney then they happened. Just leave it okay. at that. He, yep. Barney, he just is, something, say that Barney is something. that one.
0: Barney is something that happened to the town. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, and
1: Gomer at one point asks, "Like, why is why is Barney doing any of this?" And Andy just goes, "He's
0: a nut." Yeah, he calls him a nut multiple times.
1: With nothing but disdain like like and and that to return to that screaming match where andy is just barreling down on barney and barney is like like getting scared and then getting angry and then starting to pipe up and being like well it's not my fault i was just doing it." and then andy screams at him again and he like backs down and then and barney like kind of runs out the door indignantly um Andy sends him to grab Floyd and I can Foley, um, Foley. and bring them in. No, no,
0: no, yeah, yeah, bring them in. Uh, he brings them in. Uh, and Andy wants him to just talk it out. And Varney's muttering, "Well, I feel like you got to have Goober here. I feel like how, how can you have this thing without without a witness?" So Andy and just says, point, "Fine, Andy go get just, Goober."
1: Like, at one point, he starts to talk, and Andy just slams the gavel down to shut him up, like with just
0: fucking rage. And then he says, fine, go get him, go get Goober, go get him, fucking, I get out of here They get rid of Barney for a second And then Andy Is very patronizing here I hated this scene, but he just kind of like Walks them through, like, you guys Are friends, you guys are neighbors You guys don't need to keep doing this Yeah, I'm sure that this can be Handled with just a handshake, this is Very silly, it's patronizing As all hell Yeah, uh, and- I would be fuck you, dude, I got punched in the face. And he says, oh, you could just end this with just a handshake. And then they go, well, that's what the last sheriff told us too. And they go, all right. So then they shake hands and they walk out. The end of this is Barney coming in. He's like, so did Barney comes back and Andy says, oh, well, uh, it's fine. Everything's taken care of. Barney says, okay, well, is, did they agree to drop charges? Did they like, was there a resolution? and andy says nah they just said we'll forget about it and barney says accurately then the case isn't solved and i swear to god this could all be fucking fixed by just writing on a goddamn post-it note everything's good and yes
1: nailed it crushed it all set like just just rubber stamp it
0: and again i don't know what andy's aversion to doing this is right like I don't know what Andy's aversion to keeping records is, but I think it's because uh, if he did keep any records, we would see his more than 76 cases of malfeasance. Yes. So and that's, and that's it. Okay. So, um,
1: which but Barney goes off to get the signatures and Andy like pauses and then just goes, he's going to the barbershop. We have to go stop him. Like, like he's about to tackle Barney and they walk out and Barney is, um, like uh is walking back and holding his nose because somebody punched him right um and uh and he,
0: he the stinger is Barney almost gets into another fight with Floyd, uh over some hair tonic that he didn't ask for,
1: which and andy yeah. Floyd totally andy, ripped him off,
0: sure, Floyd definitely did it, and Andy says, give him the quarter, give him the quarter, shut the fuck up, give him the quarter, and leave, so Wait. Andy is now asserted he's pissed, he hates this guy.
1: It is, yeah, okay, so let's jump right into ratings, but let's jump straight to the one that's important, Goober Meter.
0: Goober Meter, how sick of this shit is Andy? This is off the charts, dude.
1: It is, it is nine, because again, ten is opening fire. Like, yeah. ten is, he has killed someone. Um, yeah. Nine, I, he was so close to saying the words, you are fired, like- he was like filled to the brim with rage um i think partially because this town is clearly held together kind of with duct tape and 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 uh manufactured ignorance like and if you pick at anything it just falls the fuck apart and everybody is suddenly beating the shit out of each other
0: i think it's really interesting in five, you know in 5 years we're watching the cracks show right their their society is starting to break down
1: <laughs> well it's like okay so to return to the um the mass hysteria thing where it's always like everybody in this town started dancing or uh, you know people start people could only sing or skip everywhere they went and nobody knew why and it's always in like oh maybe it was because it was in a mega repressed society where people would just spontaneously freak out because they were like living under constant scrutiny it's just basically like that where like the slightest like release valve of just normal human behavior just explodes like a fucking geyser
0: dan 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 would you say that mayberry is breaking would you say that this is breaking mayberry dude I think this is our last fucking season it
1: feels like we're really wrapping up a lot of plot lines right
0: no no just like the Andy Griffith show we're gonna continue on for three more seasons completely unnecessarily
1: Marty I'm starting to worry that one of us is about to die I'm starting to kind of get omens the way things are wrapping up (laughs) that like I'm about to get hit by a car like it's starting to feel like it right (laughs) oh god but Willie has a knife
0: Steamboat Willie has a knife! Steamboat Willie! Dan! Dan Steamboat Willie's behind you! Dan! No! We shouldn't
1: have let Steamboat Willie smoke all that PCP. <laughs> oh, God.
0: So, <laughs> so yeah. yeah, Barney Meter. Or, or, and It's very funny to for the Andy Meters and the Barney Meters here. Barney Meter is actually a zero, despite what we, all we just said. there
1: is yeah nothing the barney meter is gathering dust just because (laughs) it is the show is not coherent enough anymore to have morals whatsoever like (laughs) they they don't really have ideas about the way the world should be anymore it's just a series of events um which is i guess better it's no longer doing damage And now, yeah, we're just watching... I would
0: say this one actually has a very distinct, like, idea of how things right? Like, people should be able... And the idea is basically here that people should be able to handle their own business together with a friendly handshake without actually needing to get any law involved whatsoever. If anything, this is a very, once again, a a good uh, case for why the police shouldn't exist. I
1: mean... What Andy basically does a shitty, condescending version of at the end is social work. Mediation. He's a mediator. He's doing mediation. He's just forcing people to have a conversation. And once they've done that, they resolve the situation themselves. And the cop didn't really need to do anything.
0: Yeah. Um, We, we We haven't gone to this well in a while. But yeah, it's a pretty good case for why Andy doesn't need to have this job. Yes, and what, I think Andy is also realizing that he doesn't need to have this job, and Andy's realizing he doesn't need to have these friends, and Andy's realizing he doesn't need to have this town, and yet he'll be here for three more years. Yes,
1: I uh, he has not, okay, so Barney Meter is kind of a negative, but, like, not by a lot, like, it's a negative 0. .5, is good, but kind of by accident, I'd say. Yeah. I think it's 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 intended moral is basically, leave it alone. Don't fuck with it. If you see a problem, just leave it alone. If you think that, if you think there's something that people should talk about, you don't want to do that. A bunch of shit will happen. Leave it okay. alone.
0: Okay. But remember Andy historically far back in season one also takes this approach to all crime whatsoever, but especially domestic violence. Yes. Andy's, Andy's approach to a guy hitting his wife is leave it alone. Don't Not fuck my with problem. Yeah. fucking. Which again,
1: he's the cop. He's a yes. sheriff. He's basically the 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 sitting philosophy of um of the Andy Griffith show is people are like dogs that got into the trash. You just kind of gotta let them do what they're gonna do, other bite you. Like just let it happen and just clean up the results
0: afterwards. Uh, right? All right, and and Andy Meter, I I didn't think this episode was particularly good or funny or interesting or well written or anything. Uh, it's a four
1: the um kind of the 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 chaos part of just they're getting calls that people are getting punched in the nose left or right that sort of like domino effects that was happening i had a lot of fun during that i wish it had been way longer i wish it had been like much more of the episode of them just getting like phone calls of increasingly ludicrous fights i that wish i got to through.
0: see one guy get punched i wish this is one punch had happened on screen like
1: I'm sure there was like a morality thing of like, you can't show a man getting punched Boo. on prime time. That's ver- I mean, they couldn't even like, like show somebody getting punched on like a hard boiled detective show.
0: I think that's not true. I think they that's were showing probably not
1: true. I'm talking. That's not
0: parents. true. That, that's not true at all. Like, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, this episode isn't very good. Uh, it is just wild for our purposes. You want to sure. go on to, to, to guest in the house? Yeah. All right, next episode we're doing today is uh, season five, episode 24, Guest in the House, uh, written by Lawrence J. Cohen and Fred Freeman, uh, who also we last saw with The Rehabilitation of Otis. And the, this originally airs March 8th, 1965, directed by Kobe Ruskin, so same director for both of these. Here's your one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Helen gets unnecessarily jealous of a pretty girl. Uh, a friend of the Taylor family who is staying with them for a few days after an argument and breakup with her fiance. Once again, Mm -hmm. I am going to take umbrage with the Mm -hmm. use of the word unnecessarily in this sentence. Helen gets unnecessarily jealous of a pretty girl. I would say that Helen's jealousy is pretty fucking well-founded in this episode.
1: Well, while Andy's actions are not deliberately romantic, there is a hot chick staying in his house that is very clearly making some fucking moves. She
0: kisses him. Yes. yes. And he doesn't immediately be like, you shouldn't do that. He's like, all right, whatever. (laughs) This is weird. (laughs) Yeah. Like, she's going for it. I mean, even
1: before the kiss, she like, she shows up and she is like, draping her leg around him like a fucking anaconda basically
0: no 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 no, no. Uh, actually,
1: I'm gonna let you take the lead on the recollection of events because I didn't get a chance to rewatch this one. okay so so we, we, we were gonna talk about it last week, but then Henry
0: Kissinger died right 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 uh, so this opens up with um this opens up with Aunt B asking Andy to set up a guest room essentially because they're going to have a guest day uh and she says specifically your cousin gloria is coming over right your cousin gloria uh broke up with her fiance they had a fight uh and she needs a few days to rest and andy is like i don't want her here i don't know who this person is so i want you to pay close attention to this to those words cousin right because at this point, I was thinking, oh, I see what's going to happen here because I had read the the the, the, the description. She's going to come over, and she's going to be hanging out all the time, and she's going to be really pretty, and, and Helen's going to get jealous, and it's going to be like, you don't need to be jealous of her. She's his cousin, right? That's yeah. where I thought this was going, okay? Keep this in mind. So... Andy is setting up this room and he makes it real clear. He's like, I don't know who this person is. I don't want her here. Why does she have to stay here? Couldn't she go? If she broke, if she just broke up with her boyfriend, she should be going to new Orleans or something and getting and partying. But aunt Aunt B insists that Andy take care of his cousin uh, and show her a good time and be nice to her. Helen comes in and says, Oh, you're setting up for a guest to come over. And, and, and they go, yeah, it's, Andy's cousin, except then they specify she's not really his cousin. They say that he's more of a friend of the family. So I keep this in mind, right? They do this for a while. Uh, So this is the setup. Helen is there. Uh, They have a little conversation. Aunt B is telling Andy to take his quote unquote cousin out Uh, And, you know, pick her up and from the bus station and make her have a nice time while she's here. Now it's time for hating women with Floyd. (laughs) Because there's a very long extended period that is just Andy and Floyd waiting for the bus. uh, And Floyd just fucking talks shit on a woman that they heard about that she knew Uh, a woman who also broke up with her husband. Uh, at the altar, and then never got over it and took to drinking and was all like rosy eyed and drunk and, and had a terrible time. But then she did get the man to marry him, and he regretted it because then she got fat. She blew up like a balloon, and then she dyed her hair blonde, but it came out orange. This woman, was, this man, was suddenly married to Garfield. Oh, wow. This goes on for so long. It is Four minutes of Floyd just talking shit on wi- on women in general and a random woman in particular. You know, to which Andy says, "That's cool, man. Hey, the bus is here. Bye." And that's <laughs> it. That's
1: a wrap on Floyd. Just basically telling this fucked up parable and being like, you know, in a way, Andy, all women are fat whores. Like, like just like fuck it. Like i do ask the question like hey what's up with floyd's family did we ever get a follow-up on that did his <laughs> wife leave because this might be connected to that he, he had, had a, a son, son th- or
0: a nephew or something at one point in Time no in he place. had a son
1: at one point and a wife i remember because she was very mad at him at one point i think yeah, a well, couple
0: of points never been brought up ever again uh
1: he, so, he had a wife she got mad at him like eight times and then uh he pretended to be a millionaire to have sex and now he hates women so
0: yeah he did he have a, a nephew or a son in the like a band son in, in 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 the episode where they were trying to get where they were trying to uh convince that tv person uh that guy that they thought was a tv producer to put people on the air this show used to be fun yeah this show used to be fun it used to be so fun it was really stupid and we would talk about how stupid it was but it was fun uh it wasn't (laughs) just like four minutes of misogyny for no reason Uh...
1: that son now lives in like nebraska and does not remember his father's face like i'm fairly confident his wife took the kids away and and now he's just this weird little muppet man that apparently has this darkness within him new layer to floyd
0: so the bus arrives carrying gloria uh gloria is a young is a young woman i say young but she's actually probably about 34 in this you know so uh so she's off the bus and then they just didn't have anything to say here because there's a really long awkward conversation of uh just like well was the ride good yeah well i came to pick you up yeah a lot of nice scenery all right and it's not like not like andy's like bored and she's into it no they just kind of stand around awkwardly for a little while because kobe ruskin apparently also cannot yell cut uh even though even though this isn't that interesting and there's not a whole lot developing there's still like a little more chemistry a little more stuff going on here i think that i picked up on then between andy and helen crump's actress anita coruscant they take gloria home and again, cousin, I want to mm-hmm. come back to the cousin thing real quick because they don't do the thing that I was imagining where I was like, oh, you don't get need to get upset because she's your cousin. No, this is just a person that somebody that Aunt B says is like family. I thought maybe, oh, they're going to they're using cousin in the way that like cousin Richie is cousin to Carmi on the bear, you know, where mm-hmm. they're like childhood friends and they grew up so close together that they were cousins no andy doesn't know this woman like at all they met once when they were children so my question is this if you're not gonna do the don't get jealous she's my cousin thing and you're not gonna do they're not gonna have that connection cousin connection why the fuck Did the writers even use the word cousin? Why does cousin appear in this script? If it's not going to be the cousin and it's just a family friend, you could just say aunt B's friend's daughter is here. A friend of the family. Why the fuck is the insistence on the word cousin, especially because they drop it halfway through because, because Anita Coruscant, because Helen goes, huh, what a pretty girl. Good thing. She's like family. You know, this girl is like family to you, Right. Why do they do this? What weirdo in the writing room was like? Yeah, but make sure it's his cousin, okay, but not really his cousin, you know. And also, and also have have her say like, we shouldn't do this. You're my stepdad in there. Can, hey, can, she, can... can she? Can she? Can she get into a dryer at some point? <laughs> Just. Make... That's
1: Rand. Like, the new guy's like, who? where is that coming from? Like, oh, that's Randy. He makes pitches from his hole. We keep him in his little filth hole in the corner of the room. He throws heaters every now and then. So we can't. We listen to him. We listen to what Randy yells from his filth hole.
0: Why the fucking. Why the cousin? Man, why even say it? What? Why is it even brought up? You could just say it's Aunt B's friend's daughter. Right. Let's. Well, like, Let's not pretend
1: like we don't live in a country where cousin fucking is a is a passionate sport like (laughs) there are there are people chasing the majors in that field we're
0: not supposed to say it on TV whatever you're you're not helping your own case the south (laughs) you're not helping yourselves with this like
1: three American presidents married their cousins like biological blood cousins
0: including Lincoln I think
1: yeah they loved it. That was, like, their favorite thing. They were all about cousin fucking until, like, recently. But which, to, be cl-
0: <laughs> to, which to be clear... Which,
1: if you're, if you're a cousin fucker, you have to, like, kind of be sitting and breezing things and be like, What the fuck? I thought this was cool. We were
0: in the majority for a while. Damn it. <laughs> What's that, Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse? You think <laughs> it should still be the norm? <laughs> oh, Steamboat... Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse has some opinions about the age of consent that I will not repeat. Oh, my God.
1: Steamboat Willie era Mickey Mouse is holding up Minnie's birth certificate and and a (laughs) 23andMe test? They're blood related? First cousin Steamboat Willie. Oh, my God. Boy. He's nodding. like Yeah. Like, he's really into it. He's really on it. He's not even trying to defend it. He's just like looking me dead in the eye and being like, yeah, that's right.
0: It's a feature, not a bug, according (laughs) to (laughs) Steamboat Willie Mickey Mouse.
1: (laughs) What's that Steamboat Willie? It's better when they're your cousin? Jesus.
0: Jesus.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. I can see why Disney was keeping your ass in the vault.
0: They bring bring Gloria back. Uh... (laughs) remember that cool song that we liked a little while ago? there is a time when the uh, yeah. the darling sang And he does the most bullshit fucking shitty version of that where it's just him solo m- like moaning to it and uh, Gloria basically falls asleep with her eyes open. The idea is that is that like she's off and thinking about her ex uh, and mm-hmm. she's sad and Aunt B has to be like, hey man, come on, play something nicer or happy but I think she's just fucking bored again they did not have script for this um like just sitting
1: there like why am i here why did i do this why did i come to this place why am i not i am newly single why did i not go to a like new york basically
0: the next day and which again was andy's suggestion the next day (laughs) gloria comes. why did i go to a dry
1: county post breakup what am i thinking
0: yeah uh the next day Uh, Gloria comes to see Andy at the courthouse. And this is where they start to do a little flirting. Right. Uh, But the flirting is mostly just uh, Gloria realizing that there's a function for her. Andy needs to type a letter. And Gloria's like, hey, I can type. Don't worry about it. I'll take this because Andy's like doing a hunt and peck method. So she types up the thing for him. And uh, Andy is so fucking like moved and turned on by a comp a woman with one basic competency and i'll say this right i know that i said earlier that there's a a little bit more chemistry between gloria and uh, andy than there is between helen and andy i'll also say this what helps is that the show is pushing these two a little harder the strings and the moot and the music and the banter it's all going so much harder to showing like that Gloria and Andy have more going on than Helen and Andy. Like they're setting the stage for it much harder than they've ever set it with Helen. Uh, And let's just go ahead and say this too. I know we don't like to do this, but Gloria's a Fox dude. Gloria is like way hotter than Helen. Although I'll say this for the portion of this show that Helen is being like unnecessarily mean, but they're actually using the word unnecessarily, right? For the portion where she's just kind of like being a, a little bit of a bitch to Andy and and to uh to Gloria. Were you into it? I was into it. You were into I was, it, yeah. I was, I I was like, for the first time, I was like, yeah. I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I get yeah. it. I don't oh, know yeah. what that says about us. So, I but. Yeah,
1: no, I, I mean, I, I, I get it. I, like, not really that into Helen Crump, but I do kind of want her to step on me. Like, I get it. Like... <laughs>
0: uh yeah, like, that's really the appeal oh, that, I, I i get the deal so anyway so uh helen walks in uh right as Gloria is leaving because you can't have two women on the screen at the same time <laughs> <laughs> no they'll Otherwise, unionize the universe explodes <laughs> unionize. they'll compare
1: uh, salary so that everything's fucked
0: uh, and then that's when Helen says, yeah, that's a really pretty girl that you've got there. Super pretty girl because, you know, bitches be jealous. Am I right? Um, she's really cold to to uh, Gloria. Then they're all at dinner with Aunt B and Opie. Uh, Opie complains a little bit about the homework that he has to do. And Helen says, you've only got four problems. And Andy says, yeah, it's only four problems. Go suck it up and so opie says all right bye and then uh helen says she sure he sure does love her his homework no he fucking doesn't he just told you he didn't want to do it what are you talking about gloria then has a line here that i found really interesting because it's not interesting at all uh it opens up for something she says you know i once wanted to be a teacher and then they say oh really and then nothing comes of this. It seems like it's a setup for her to say something to make her the bad guy. Right. It seems like she was like, oh, I once wanted to be a teacher, but then I realized it's a clown job for clowns or even just we- like something oh. like, like, like subtly bitchy. Like, you know, I wanted to be a teacher, but I felt that those who can't do teach or whatever, just something, something, no, instead my, that line right. shows up and then never goes anywhere. Okay, the phone okay, rings. Actually, to cut off the line,
1: Marty. Okay, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna counterpoint this. Let's let's try an experiment. Tell me what your job is.
0: Uh, I am a training designer.
1: Oh, I wanted to be a training designer once. Bring! That kind of has some sting to it, right? Of like, there's kind of an implied. But then I made better life choices, like. But like, if that's but what I they were going for stuck shit. I feel like if, the silence kind of speaks volumes on it.
0: If that's what they were going for, it does not fucking land at all. The phone rings. It's her ex-boyfriend. She doesn't want to talk to him end of scene. uh Andy and and Helen are gonna go out to a movie. Gloria's like, uh, okay, I'll figure out something else. I'll just hang out. Maybe I'll see the late movie or whatever. Andy invites Gloria out to the movies. This pisses Helen off
1: okay so you you you've, you've alluded to helen's reaction a couple of times as sort of this being a stereotypical bitches be crazy type thing right i will say i under these circumstances would be flipping out this is, this, is the, issues, this is
0: like, where the cues the, this is where it turns this is where it, it it turns
1: marty the whole time i would be being chill but I would be flipping out if like like your significant other suddenly has a su- a certified hottie staying at their place. Yeah, I'm at least I'm going to be asking a lot of questions. Be like, oh, so so how do you know them? How, how, how do you how do you how do you know them? Like, how long are you close? How, how far away are they sleeping from your room? Like, how is it like a long walk? Are there like people are there like is Aunt B? Is is her room like in between yours or Oh yeah, fun. She's so great to have around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I would be like bugging out. And again, as shit like this keeps happening, yeah, I would be going fully irrational. This is there- <laughs> it's like when you find out that your significant other has a
0: hot coworker. Yeah, okay, and you, you wanna ask something. Yeah.
1: Yeah. they've given you nothing to be worried about but also like oh dude he's so hot
0: but now now it's time for well yes except andy has not made any comment on on any unprompted comments on Gloria's hotness it is uh helen who said well she's really pretty don't you think and andy's like yeah i guess she can type too that's really cool um but now Andy's invited her to the movies and to dinner the next night. And they get in the car after uh, dropping Gloria off, which now that I think about it, dropping Gloria off where she's staying with Andy doesn't make any sense. Um, and, Oh no, they drop her off at the house and they're going to, and Andy's going to take uh, Helen home, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, and on the way there, Helen says, boy, it sure is great. How you just had a third party. They like that third party phrase. Had a, a pretty young girl here as a third party. And I don't think that's appropriate. Even if she is like family. Even if she is your cousin. <laughs> so fucking weird. And she says, you invited her to dinner tomorrow. And Andy says, well, what am I supposed to do? He says, I'll get her a date. What who should I get a date with? And then to which Helen says, Goober, bring her Goober, which the fuck
1: what other moves do they have what who else gilly i don't know he
0: no there's... i just okay look they they, they used to do this Everybody to gomer is in and
1: vietnam
0: they used to do this to gomer and it made us mad because we thought that gomer was you know at least a decent person they were like let's punish her let's punish the bad <laughs> person by making them spend time with the pile boy but now she's just like yeah bring goober in bring that sack of shit and then andy even says no that's not fair what has she done to deserve goober
1: which it and and then it very much backfires in crump's face
0: right uh it yeah. backfires in crump's face uh because they go to dinner it's not going well uh there's a bunch of scenes where goober has to pull andy under the counter to talk about like what am I supposed to do? I can't pay for this, et cetera, et cetera. And then some music starts playing on the jukebox. Uh, and there's some dancing going on. Uh, and Andy hints to Goober that she sh- he should ask uh, Gloria to dance. Goober does. So Gloria says, Oh no, thanks though. And then Goober says, all right, well, what about you, Helen? Let's go dance. And he grabs Helen and Helen Helen it, it does not have the same fucking backbone that Gloria does. She just goes, "Oh, Goober, I don't think," and then is just whisked off, leaving Andy and Gloria alone. Then, of course, Andy and Gloria start dancing together while Goober and Helen dance together. At this Which- point, at this point, I'd like to remind you that the one sentence summary from Wikipedia starts off by saying Helen gets unnecessarily jealous because Gloria. Also pulls a fucking move of,
1: of say of of refusing to dance until everybody else has left the table, and then insisting upon a dance.
0: Oh yeah, so she's fucking going for it. Yeah, she's
1: going for it. She she pulled a fucking like like she pulled a hard Tokyo drift into a dance with Andy. She did a fucking maneuver. Is this, uh, this was calculated and executed with precision.
0: Yeah, she's like making a move. She's on board with this. Uh, Andy drops Helen off. Helen slams the door in his face and says, "If you want to go out with Gloria, that's your business. But I don't need to be around to see it." Which I think illuminates a lot of uh, Andy and Helen's relationship. Again, these two don't like each other that much.
1: No, they're casual. They're they're <coughs> they're cash. They're just fucking like. Like, they are, but
0: like she doesn't. She doesn't want to have to see it. Like she doesn't want. Like yeah, go. Her exact words are: "You want to do that? Go fine. But I don't want to see it. Fine.
1: It, That's they, those.
0: Those are the parameters of their open relationship.
1: They are operating on mid twenties L A dating rules, where <laughs> it is semi open. You just don't talk about it or look at it. Like.
0: Uh, and then Andy goes home and uh, Gloria does kiss him, right? Gloria is like, Thank you for this. And Gloria does kiss him, uh, and then walks off. And then Andy doesn't like protest the kiss or say we shouldn't do this or whatever. He's like, Huh, okay. And he walks into the other room where Aunt B is there and Francis Bavier gets to do a thing. She gets to have lines, they're not very good lines. And may I remind you, this whole fucking thing is her fault, mm-hmm. but uh, Francis Bavier said here's out Andy's problem. Andy straight up says, Helen slammed the door in my face and Gloria kissed me, and I don't know why either one of them did that. And Aunt B is like, Come on, man. You know. You fucking know. You know. You've been uh Andy's like, you told me to be nice to her. And Aunt B says, not that nice. She straight up, she says, like, no woman wants competition thrown in her face. And isn't that what you've been doing to Helen just a little bit? Just a little? And I would say the answer is no. And this is the funniest part to me, is that the episode itself comes down real hard on Andy, a man who didn't want any of this. But also, once she arrived, yeah, he totally was.
1: (laughs) I mean, no, it's. She's a house guest. If Aunt B wants Andy to not be taking her out on dates he's going on. Fucking you take her out, Aunt B. You take her to the goddamn movies or she's your guest. Take her sewing or whatever the fuck you do. Like, I, I don't know. Take her to church or one of your other three hobbies. She doesn't leave the kitchen like she's basically Rosie from the Jetsons at this point. I am realizing Ampy hasn't gone to the movies in like 3 seasons. Um, Hang
0: on a second, real quick. I'm going to go ahead and look up the Wikipedia article for Lilith and see if I can compare her to Aunt B. <laughs> take
1: her, you know, Ampy should I'm take her really. on her Aunt B should take her on her real hobby of getting uh fucked by traveling salesmen. Um that she should like do that to like show her around town. Um, but uh, okay.
0: Okay. So we need to talk about the resolution here. We need to talk about the way that that they resolve this. Um, is the next morning, uh, Andy and Helen walk into the kitchen where, uh, Gloria and Aunt B are. And they say, hey, sorry we were late for breakfast. We had to run an early morning errand. Hey, Gloria, there's something waiting for you in the other room. And they go, Gloria goes into the other room, uh, and there's her ex-boyfriend that she fought with, and I guess left her at the altar or something. Mm-hmm. And it's and they just leave them alone there, and it's real quiet. And everybody just waits for like a minute. And then Aunt B goes back in the room and they are full on making out. They are like tonsil deep on each other, man. And he's like, "Hooray, it worked!" And everybody's like, "Hooray!" It, there was no domestic dis- abuse involved here. You don't know the fucking details of their breakup. What are you doing, my man? But no, maybe, his whole plan was maybe, once again. Maybe Andy's he whole plan her is best friend. Yeah, you don't know any of this. Andy's whole plan is like throw her at another man. Like, just bring another. She's throwing her herself at me. I'm just gonna deflect that. You know. Down, be my uh, my Super Smash Brothers shield here, and uh, just deflect it right over. Uh, I'm, I'm Pit in this. I'm playing as Pit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh yeah. and and just deflecting that right onto another guy, and it fucking works. I hate this show. This he <laughs> I hate does this some, show. some fucking so
1: jujitsu stupid. energy redirection on this shit, rather than just you know having. The easiest conversation of, hey, woman I have not like slept with. I do not want to pursue a romantic relationship with you. Okay, cool. I'm only in town for like two more days. So that's fine. Uh like but bing bang boom. The easiest, like, not even a conflict. A a clarification of of situations. Yeah, Andy's not like per particularly in the wrong here i i don't see him anything he did up until this point as being like fucked um i'm i'm coming down hard in favor and Hel- of helen crump i while i think she made some strategic blunders i think her emotional responses were pretty fair
0: this whole thing is just so fucking stupid man i hate the way that this resolves i hate the resolution here is just like I just, I just showed you your ex boyfriend, and then, and then, yeah. th- that's it. Th- right? It's it's because strange. women are dumb. Yes. <laughs> according to the Andy Griffith Show,
1: which, ah, uh, like a- as we all know, women lack object permanence, and she just had forgotten what her boyfriend looks like. That's the only problem. <laughs> is like he wasn't out, he wasn't in her immediate view, so she was like, oh, what? I, I don't love him, and then she like. And basically they did peekaboo and he's like here i am and then she's like oh yeah feelings uh yeah so hopefully she wasn't escaping a bad situation
0: i hate the show all right yeah andy meter is this show is this episode good i thought it was okay i would give it a six i think uh i i thought the the goober dancing sequence was pretty funny um I like Gloria. I like some of the flirtation between Gloria and Andy. It's fine. It's a six.
1: Four. It it kind of rolled off me. Nothing yeah. particularly bad about it. Just it didn't really make an impact. Uh,
0: Goober meter. I think this is a zero like or maybe a th- two or three. I think that Andy might be annoyed with his relationship. Yeah, I- he might be thinking that maybe he wants to. No, he's very clearly thinking he wants to get out of this thing with Crump. Because otherwise he wouldn't be even looking at at Gloria.
1: No, I By think the- he's, he, he's in a stupid, shitty, no win scenario because his aunt sent a poorly thought out invitation to a family member, quote unquote. And now he's stuck in this weird romantic drama. So, yeah, he's like exhausted and pissed off. His his demeanor isn't even like. Like he it, and it's how he is with most conflicts now is just like. I don't even have the energy to be upset. Like I'm, I'm so I'm too tired to try to resolve this. I'm too tired to even register what is going on. Um, So I put him at like a a four probably on the Cooper meter.
0: Yeah. All right. I can, I can follow that. Um, and And then Barney meter. How much psychic damage does this episode do? I'm going to say, you know, probably a small amount, no more than any other, like, portrayal of women around this time, with the weird exception of why? Why did you say cousin? Why did you even say the word cousin? Which one of these fucking writers is sitting there going, she's his cousin, but no, he's not. Oh, typing this out with one hand.
1: <sighs> give, give me the. You got to give me this, Johnny. You got to put make her his cousin. I, we I, I I don't know like I'm calling in all my favors make him a cousin and then make him kiss
0: <laughs> is it is it is it Lawrence Cohen or Fred Freeman, which one do we th- I think it's Freeman? I think Freeman's the freak.
1: Freeman one well, like, sec <laughs> send me send me a picture of Freeman. I bet he's a I,
0: freak. They don't even have fucking Wikipedia entries, so no uh, <laughs>
1: okay yeah they're they're certified dirt bags. Um, as we all know, any writer that doesn't have a Wikipedia page is a fucking, is a fucking circus freak, as we all know. Um, no, like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you gotta, I think you toss a couple of coins for the general message of, uh, bitches be crazy. Um, I think that's sort of the general takeaway of it is, um, women are jealous and irrational and also, um, basically goldfish according to this of like 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 you just gotta you just gotta jingle keys but the chick keys are an ex-boyfriend and they'll just be like ah! and, and and just like scamper off in that direction um yeah so two two, two?
0: uh I'll, I'll do a two on that yeah I'll do a two
1: toss, toss so, a toss a couple of spare uh barney points out of my pocket and throw it into the the open guitar case of this episode
0: <laughs> uh hey so i stopped using twitter a long time ago and i've i also eventually stopped bothering to like log in every 30 days so that my handle kept going mm-hmm. uh, and eventually somebody did take the schneid remarks uh a handle a twitter account uh and it's just like a dude who fucking never says anything original, mostly just talks about baseball and retweets like like lower tier right wing nut jobs like Cernovich. Oh. like like Cernovich level are like right wing people, not even Shapiro. We're talking the C list oh, of fucking no. right wingers. So what that means, though, is that there are like 140 episodes of me telling people, go look at my Twitter, spelling it out, S C H N E I D remarks, and they're going to go there if anybody starts this this series from the beginning. And it's like, well, this isn't. So uh, don't do that
1: okay, oh we gotta do some damage control there. This is a Dan Ludwig orgy concierge all over again we gotta <laughs> let, let me check on mine um I mean I, I think mine uh was shitty enough that uh nobody's gonna take it. yeah, we gotta put a big old disclaimer or something on everything avoid. I mean
0: whatever anybody who goes there is gonna know obviously this isn't the breaking Mayberry guy. But, uh, he doesn't uh, just like, sucks.
1: look like you at all, does he? Like he, it's, not, he it's
0: not even a picture there. Uh, it, it just sucks. It just sucks. Um, if you want to support us with your money dollars, Patreon.com slash Mayberry gets you access to extended episodes, bonus footage, uh, bonus episodes. We're putting some of those out. You get to torture us with whatever you want to make us watch. Uh, also that's... bonus
1: footage. We've set up cams. <laughs> that's right. We've started camming.
0: Uh that's basically it for for this episode, I think. Um Happy New Year, everybody. Oh, Steve but Willie, Mickey Mouse is gonna close us out with a lot of opinions on on Scientology. Oh no! Mickey Mouse! Mickey Mouse is asking what happened to Shelly Miscavige! Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Steve But Willie version specifically. Is this is the whistling his language in our
1: mythology? A <laughs> boo.
0: Butter, dumb, butter, bump, bum bump, bump,